and welcome in to another Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast. This one, mid-July 2020, a time in our lives we will never forget. (laughs) Hi, thanks for stopping back in. We're going to talk today about what's going on, kind of spawned by a listener question and then just some thoughts that have been rummaging around in my mind, collided, and uh, I thought, voila, and then I found something that, this is one of those where they say, wait for it, wait for it, you got to wait for it, because at the very end is going to be something definitely worth hearing, and if you don't like what I'm saying in between, then skip to the end. (laughs) I'm just saying, you want to hear that one. So this comes from, uh, like I said, a potpourri of different thoughts and just ponderings and mutterings. I took about, well, a couple of weeks road trip and went to a location that was different for me. I went to sand instead of mountains because I wanted water. And what better water is there than the ultimate water, the ocean? So I thought, you know, I'm going to give this a try. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. And plus, it was on a spot where when you look at uh, what's called astrocartography, it's astro maps, there's one little place in the United States that really lights up for me astrologically. And I wanted to go hang out there for a while and enjoy and see what that energy was like. And I got to tell you, it was amazing. I could definitely tell the difference. And the way that the energy reads or the way that the astrology reads, it was like a light up as far as I felt like Superman. (laughs) Got some good inspiring ideas there, too. I think there's something to that astrocartography. After all, I'd never really gone there and camped out, and it's a real small area, probably only about 60 miles. Well, no, it goes further than that, but where there was water, about 60 miles of area. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty cool. Okay, so look, I'm not telling you anything when I say that we are all in this together, right? And this is somewhat spawned by um, a listener blast. And those of you who put nice, favorable, honoring uh, reviews on iTunes, I really appreciate it. Thank you. I read them, and I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for doing that. While back, somebody put not-so-glowing uh, review up. And, you know, for those, you can always email me, thomas at subconsciousmindmastery.com. There's a comments box on the website, subconsciousmindmastery.com. And that's a better, higher-energy way to do it because then we can dialogue about it. You can't answer a review on iTunes, but you can there. And then, obviously, there are ways to make changes. And basically what this person was implying was, This has kind of gotten away from its roots, which was telling a story about a journey. And I thought, you know what? Bingo. That's exactly right. Yeah, some of that deviation is inspired by growth. I mean, we move on, right? And yet, I think the original core idea of just talking about a journey from a very connective perspective is a good thing to do, especially now. So this whole thing that we're experiencing right now together collectively, 2020, is something that was seen in the stars and something we talked about on here and something I've talked about extensively on my other podcast that's daily, Fun Astrology, and that is this convergence of two planets, Saturn and Pluto, in the sky that happened on January 12th. That has kicked off everything that we are experiencing now. 
And this second wave is pretty much right on time, and there is an unfolding of what is likely. But I'm going to talk about that in just a second. As I'm recording this, we are starting to really experience that second surge. Now, let's allow for all kinds of latitude and freedom as to whether you are interpreting this virus thing as real or not, and either way is okay. I've got a son who works in the Veterans Administration hospital system. They are definitely seeing upticks to the point where they have opened an emergency emergency center. Majana's daughter is an RN at a hospital and works around and with COVID cases, and she says it's not that bad where she is. For me, I have been making and using religiously colloidal silver when I need to, medicinally. I've turned other people onto it. Majana uses it. Her son uses it. And I think it's kind of a firewall. And I'm working on a radio show that is a weekly radio program in Dallas that is sponsored by all of the North Texas hospitals. So what do you think that conversation has been? <laughs> and I'm, ad- I'm adhering personally to that message, and I'm being cautious. I don't go out much. I did travel, but I traveled very safely in a way that was very premeditated of how I was going to do that. And I'm doing the same things you are. I'm going to the store. I'm running a few errands very infrequently. I don't go to restaurants. And when I go out, I wear a mask. And my consideration is not at all that I'm being asked to or in, you know, stronger terms, mandated to. I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do. And it's in alignment with the message that I'm uh, advocating and being paid to advocate on a radio program. So I feel just from an integrity standpoint, it would be wrong for me to deliver that message and then hypocritically go, you know, like, I gotta wear this dang thing. Nobody needs to. You know, I I figure if I could keep my germs off of somebody else and somebody else's germs off of me, then we've done our duty to society. And even that string of the last minute and a half or two minutes of conversation, I mean, do you hear that? This has definitely uprooted so many areas of so many people's lives. And as indicated by the astrology, this is indeed a shift of universal work that is going to continue until it is complete. This is a shift in consciousness, I firmly believe. And to that end, the sooner that you and I can break out or break free of old ways of thinking that what we experienced prior to all of this is returning and it's going to be here soon and that everything's going to go back to normal, the sooner we can break free from that, the better. We are in a shift. I've done some work. Uh, There's a free video you can take a look at. It's on, uh, in fact, the video, the free videos on soulfoodtalks.com has kind of increased with some astrological stuff that I've been doing. And that's all in the freebies section or the astrology section. If you go to soulfoodtalks.com, there are, scroll down, there are some boxes there little areas where we've compartmentalized everything that's on the site, and go to the freebies or go to the astrology, and you'll see these. And one of them is an overview that I did on my birthday last October talking about this Saturn-Pluto conjunction and what it might mean for planet Earth. And this goes back long time in history. 
And I think the last correlation that we have that is matching the one that we are going through here goes all the way back to 1284, where we had a very long, prolonged period of famine, war, pandemic. That was the plague, the bubonic plague, the big one, economic hardship. And finally, from all of that, after decades, the Renaissance emerged. The way that the astrology is lining up for this one, it probably is not decades plural, and I'll just leave it at that because I'm going to tell you something a little bit later of how I'm viewing the whole astrology perspective now, and it is really, really cool. But the bottom line is this is a struggle. This is a shift. So in this shift, how do we respond? What do we do? especially if our lives have been affected, which so many people have. So I've gone back to re-studying my mentor and talk about going back to the roots. I've been going back to those roots, and I've been re-studying the life and teachings of Fred Dodson. You know, I've done all these audiobooks, narrated all these audiobooks, and yet it's like you go back to the basics. You go back to the beginning. You read it again with new eyes or listen to it again with new ears, <laughs> if you're doing it that way, which I'm doing a plethora of all. I'm reading, I'm re-narrating some of his articles just to be in that conversation. So that's one of the things that triggered right away as I started thinking about what do you suppose old Fred is doing with this? Three thoughts came to mind. Number one is Fred positioned himself very well for security and for uh, weathering this storm long before this happened. How do you suppose he did that? Did he just dumb luck into his current situation? No. He traveled the world for 25 years looking at different energies and different places, and he settled on a place that really resonated to his heart. He found love there. That led to acquiring some property and a home there. And he is set up with land in an area that has basically not been affected by COVID-19. That was all from following intuition over years. So this is a lifestyle, not a, oh, what do I do now? Emergency plan. This is something that unfolds of, as Fred says very clearly, who you are being rather than what you are doing. And for decades, he has been being the real work that he teaches. Another thought is that what happens around him never phases him. So right now, he's from his little secure bunker, writing articles and books and doing online sessions and teachings. He's doing his thing. In fact, for him, it's gotten easier to do his thing because he's not having to travel. And then the third thing is, I know Fred pretty well to think that he is staying oblivious to all that's going on around him. In other words, he's looking at his life and focusing on what he can create, not what's being created around him. And I'm going to tease again. You're going to, you want to wait till the end of this thing because I'm going to read something that is, ties all of that together. And oh my, is this worth it. Now, another thing that came to mind is the movie, The Sound of Music. And this, is, this was generational because I was a kid when The Sound of Music came out. And a lot of people look back on that as a classic or, you know, the, the remakes or whatever they've done with it. 
But The Sound of Music story, in its essence, is about a man who was in a prominent military position in Austria, knew exactly what was going on next door with Hitler, started to observe what was happening in his own country, and made a massive, major decision to one night flee the country with his family, kids in tow, infants almost in tow, with the clothes they had on their back. I think that Captain Von Trapp's awareness, again, flows from exactly what we were talking about. Now, his was different because obviously he was in the know and he was working and making military decisions and understanding what this was looking like and realized that Austria was just a knockover if Hitler decided to cross the border, that they had nothing to defend themselves with. But he was staying in tune with his intuition, I would imagine, and also putting everything together and then making decisions about what the best thing to do was. And I'm sure that he had studied that situation for years, knew what the threat was, decided to watch it up to the point of intolerance, and then had to make a flea-type decision. I think that flea-type decision is a lot harder today. So for us, it might be more of what are we going to do with what we have than what are we going to run to. But the question, the underlying question is, how can we keep our energy up? This was a listener question that tied into all of this. How can we keep that energy up? How can we stay high consciousness as this grinds on, especially as our routines continue to be disrupted? And I do think that we are entering phase two, and I think it is going to get disruptive again, and it's going to have another economic backwash on an already fragile economy, and that's all in the astrology. And you can take a look at those uh, videos that are up there if you'd like to see more of the things that I've outlined on that. So let's play uh, Captain Von Trapp for just a second, and let's look at the darkest shadow side of this. So think of his position as a military leader looking next door, seeing this guy rising to power and seeing that, oh, this could be a threat. What do we have? What are we looking at if we saw the darkest side of the situation? Well, I think, and this is the thing, I think we need to all get real that we're looking at likely prolonged economic challenges, even depression, over a period of years, not months. That's what the astrology could indicate. I'll talk about that here in just a second. That's what the astrology could indicate. It certainly is... I think now almost common sense if you're reading some of the headlines and seeing the trends. So yes, I personally think that we are shaping up for long, prolonged economic challenges, even depression. And with that and resulting from that, some loss of freedoms. And when I look at the astrology, I see years, not months. Now that's as far as I want to go here for the shadow. The thing is, let's turn it in and see what do we do now. So one that comes to mind and has all the way through this is to remember we signed on for this as a soul. When we created this life, we knew it was obvious that this once in every 250 year astronomical slash astrological phenomenon was going to happen during our lives. And I'll tell you, your soul is very much still aware of that, even though your body, your physicality, has forgotten it. 
And that's why this kind of the second point, point number one being, remember, we signed up for this. Number two, highest consciousness keeps us flexible because that's how our physical body connects, as Himmet says, to the home office. And by the way, may I just do a quick aside, and I'm not going to get on a soapbox here, <laughs> I promise. But Neptune is in Pisces, has been for a long time, will be for another about five years. What that means is an, a heightened sensitivity to the effects of drugs and alcohol. And I know that during economic times, people turn to substances, external substances, to resolve their problems. And I'm just saying that in this era, if you would consider, whatever your position on it is, if you would consider that higher consciousness, higher awareness, and the always-on two-way line to the home office, <laughs> thanks, Himmet, is more important than numbing up or dumbing down whatever, quote-unquote, pain is going on. And if you are using alcohol, drugs, tobacco, etc., if you would consider removing that, you will come through this a lot better. And I'm not going to go any further with that, but thank you for letting me say it because I think it is very important. It blocks your connection to your intuition. So point number two, highest consciousness will keep us flexible during these times, and flexibility is going to be the key. And then number three, and I think this is important, good times or bad, really train yourself to be in the position of an observer, not a participant. This is the one that I have to, I think, remind myself of most often, is that it's best to just watch what's unfolding, but not cross that line into participating what's in what's going on. It's like watching the play and from the theater seats versus jumping yourself up on the stage and saying, oh, I can play in that role. Or, oh my gosh, this play is so scary. What are we all going to do? I think you get the point. The point is to allow what is unfolding around you and me with as little attachment as is possible. So then we say, okay, well, as I look around, I see a threat, just like Captain Von Trapp did. Maybe the walls of the threat are closing in. What can we do? Well, this is some of why I did my little retreat, because I wanted to refresh my own game plan. So I had several criteria in looking at that. One, of course, was the astrological projection. And I don't think, and this is why I don't make projections with astrology, and I think people who do, you know, they've got a 50-50 chance of being right. So occasionally they are, and okay, that's fine. But here's the deal. Nothing is written in stone. Our consciousness and, I say ours individually and collectively, can shift outcomes. So I took a look at what I felt was likely from astrology. I took what I was feeling inside. And then I looked around at some things of what can I do? What could I do that fits for me? My personality, my physicality, my physical abilities at this stage in my life. What am I trained in? What am I good at? What am I passionate about, obviously, and all of that. And one of the things that came back to my mind is something that I've set aside for quite a while and that is that I used to just really have a, an affinity, an affection for 
the stock market and for trading stocks. Kind of got turned off on it um, some years ago for various reasons and and have been away and just have been on a hiatus, on a break, haven't been doing anything in that area specifically. But I blew the dust off of that and started taking a look at a few things and relearning and looking at it through the eyes of astrology because one of the astrological applications is financial astrology. So I thought, hmm, wonder if these little planets have some kind of an effect even on the stock market. And what I found is just a plethora of doors that have opened up. I came across a guy who has 35 years of trading on the floor in Chicago and follows nothing but astrology. I found the work of a guy back from the 30s, 40s. Uh, His name is W.D. Gann. Those of you in the markets know about all the Gann theories. Look, Gann was an astrologer, (laughs) and Gann traded his number one trading uh, technique or tool. You want to know what it was? The law of vibration. He knew that you had to be energetically connected to the market, to the chart, to the whatever you're trading, and to the just the very process of managing your money. So, yes, the world opened up on this, and it's just been one wonderful new adventure after another. And the, I mean, it's like once I took the step in, then it's like, the two, as, as I've said, when the student is ready, and these various resources have just been literally coming almost in a flood. So that's been really amazing. And my thinking is that um, somebody tells the story, if you go to New York City, where all the, you know, the market traders are, most of them, and ones that aren't in Chicago, uh, you know, they like to talk about the local geography. So they say, well, if you climb the Empire State Building, it's going to take you three to four hours to climb up the stairs. But if you fall off the Empire State Building, it's going to take you about 45 seconds to get all the way down. Point is, markets come down faster than they go up. So I'm looking at, and this is not something new. I mean, I spent a lot of my 20s, 30s, and into my 40s working with this. I have traded professionally before. So this is something that was idle that I brought back to life, but it's not something that was just a new upstart. So I'm just saying, you know, factor in the training curve of whatever it is, but I'm learning it all anew because now I'm looking at it through the eyes of my current consciousness. That's why I got so excited to see this guy that made all this money and really shifted how people looked at the markets 50, well, no, 80, 90, 100 years ago. W.D. Gann, his number one rule was based off of the law of vibration. He said, you start there. Then he incorporated sacred geometry and then math and then the planets. I mean, it's like the whole package of everything that I've been learning for the last 10 years, right? So here's a new way to apply it. Now, here's one of the interesting things that I've found. And without going into too many details here, what I've realized is that when a good trend gets underway in the markets, the astrology, the macro astrology, in other words, the big planetary influences, yes, they can be at play. But the little subtle changes and nuances that happen through the day are kind of washed over. In other words, the big energy of the move overtakes the little subtle energies of the planets during the day. Does that make sense? And see, that's why I say I don't think you can predict outcomes because we have the opportunity 
to move and shift the little subtle energies. Here's what I wanted to read in closing, because this is something that I, again, just stumbled across looking for what happened during the Great Depression, because I knew that there were people that got very wealthy during the Great Depression. And this article says, you know, not everyone suffered during the Great Depression. More people became millionaires during this time than any other time in American history. Now, I don't know the validity of that, but that's, that's an open statement. But here's the point. Opportunities that were not present during the 1920s economic boom times suddenly became available. Oh, let me say that again. May I? That is a line you need to fix in your mind right now. Opportunities that were not present during the 1920s economic boom times suddenly became available. An economic downturn is a good time to start a business. Startup costs are much lower in a recession than in boom periods. Savvy entrepreneurs edged in and positioned themselves for when the economic climate improved. And I can tell you in my own intuitive explorations and just my own soul's journey and looking at the astrology, that is the key. Savvy entrepreneurs edged in and positioned themselves for when the economic climate improved. That's what this is all about. Many poorly run businesses closed during the Depression years, and their equipment and assets could be bought at fireside sales for next to nothing. Commercial rents were cheap and wages were low. There was also time to get the business fundamentals right before increased orders made it too hectic for the entrepreneur to build and test his business model. It was these, if you can dream it, you can do it, Great Depression entrepreneurs who made the best of the crisis to provide a service or a product for new markets. You know, if you read or listen to the uh, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, a book that was written in a post-Depression era, he talks about that very thing. How many new markets are opening up that need people to help in them? New opportunities will emerge. So who were some of these maverick entrepreneurs? Some very famous names made their money during the Depression era. In Kentucky, a grandfather named Colonel Sanders, started serving fried chicken at his gas station. By 1937, he had expanded to a 142-seat restaurant due to popular demand. Two young electrical engineering graduates started an electrical machine business in a rented garage during the 1930s. Bill Hewlett and Dave Packard officially became business partners in 1939 with only $538 in investment money. Many people with small amounts of liquid cash were able to buy bankrupt businesses at bargain prices. Toward the end of the 1930s, some business people watched the upsurge in military spending by some countries. The world was preparing for war, and those that invested in companies that made in-demand products for the government stood to make a lot of money. Personal aside, my grandfather was one of those. His business was making pipes for the oil, oil field, and he started making pipes for the military to move gas in Europe, and he, his pipes were shipped over to Europe, and that helped increase his business after the Depression. 
And this article goes on to list other areas at that time that were applicable, like metals, metalwork,、uh, aluminum, iron, shipping, and petroleum products. All of that; those areas made a fortune. Another huge opportunity was real estate. During the Depression years, demand was low, and so prices were low as well. Visionary business people knew that real estate values would go up in the future. And when they did, they used the equity to leverage their business growth and expansions. Those wise folks were not caught up in the stock market frenzy in the 1920s. They saved their cash, and they were well positioned to snap up bargain businesses and became millionaires as a result. And of course, you're talking about an era when a million dollars was a lot of money. You know, probably more like 20 or 30 million today. So that's my encouragement to all of us. If we will stay high in our consciousness, observe, don't participate, take a big step back from attachments, and look for opportunities, then your intuition—and again, I'm going to get another little jab in here—if you don't numb it up with substances, <laughs> your free, open, clear intuition will show you the way. That is where I am on my journey now. Will you join me? And I would say, let's enjoy the journey. I'm Thomas Miller. Thanks for listening. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host, based on personal experience only, and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests, and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.